Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, where our hearts are our master. A production of CosmicReality.com. And welcome to Cosmic Reality, yeah, Cosmic Reality, I had to think where we were, July 4th, 2023, Happy Independence Day, Americans, and I've got with me um, uh, Walt Silva and Dolly Howard, and and Mona Radler is with us tonight, too, because, um, well, I guess she'll tell you why. (laughs) I said, do you want to come on for July 4th? you know celebration and she said well i don't i don't like it so <laughs> can i come on anyway i said yeah, yes so we'll let her get into it um once we get let dolly get into it because dolly's been actually working on putting something together for us today did you dolly am i lying <laughs> i certainly, I certainly did. did i spent I half the day putting it together God bless you. Okay, so what did you put together? <laughs> oh, you want me to get into it now? We didn't say our hellos. Oh, we didn't say our hellos. You got to forgive me. I went over to Sandy's and we had too much to eat. And I oh, got back oh. here and I said, oh my God. I said, I am so tired. I said, okay, I'm just going to lay down for 30 minutes. And I did. And uh, I actually woke up. Well, I didn't really fall asleep, but... You know, I'm like trying to get myself going. I cannot eat that much during the day. I, you know, after six o'clock, I can do it. But uh, so I apologize for that. Walter, would you like to say hello to the audience and your co-hosts? <laughs> hello, audience. Hello, audience. On this, uh, uh, what is it? Beautiful Fourth of July. We're celebrating independence of what we don't know yet. We were we're still waiting on in the in the aisles. What are we going to be independent of? But it's it's good that we have the spirit of independence. So welcome. Yeah, I'm sure you'll enjoy that, our show. Oh, Dolly! It sounds like he's on uh, uh, Mona's side. Dolly, say hello, everybody. <laughs> Dolly, say hello. Oh, me? Oh, I'm sorry. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I, I hope you enjoy what I put together. I had fun doing it, and I think I'll have fun reading it, but I don't know about Walt and Mona if they're going to be party poopers, if they'll enjoy it. <laughs> Something new and different. Normally, you're the party pooper. Did yeah. I say about, oh, my God, I'm unmuted. <laughs> and Mona, thanks for coming on board, even if you don't celebrate Independence Day. Well, we could start her off. She could tell us why she doesn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Think. Yeah, go ahead, Mona. Why don't you well, celebrate? Well, we haven't been we haven't allowed, been to, allowed to, to be ourselves even though we do voting parties, you know, it says in the Constitution, independence for all. But 
uh, I think of the movie Independence Day with the alien agenda and all kinds of other stuff like that. But we're having all our liberties taken away from us. We're having all these rules and laws and our republic is gone. We don't even have a voice for ourselves anymore. So how do you celebrate by eating food that's going to kill you and drinking alcohol that makes you stupid? In fact, I should go get a beer. But just to the idea, it's like, how can people literally celebrate their own enslavement? It makes no sense to me. It just makes no sense to me. Well, uh, okay, I can't disagree with that, but I, I firmly believe that the United States was backed by God or the Holy Spirit or whoever is out there that understands that at the time that all of this came about, freedom was not something that people even understood. Well, they still don't. Well, no, some of us do. Right. I certainly do. Now, I mean, did you know that astrologically that they actually, our forefathers, used astrology to set up this day to be the day of birth for yes. the signs that were in the heavens? Yep. I thought that was cool. Well, what people don't understand, and I actually didn't, I hadn't even given it much thought at all, but last night I saw this NOVA presentation and it was, um, I've seen these two guys do things before, and they're Christians, and I suppose probably evangelistics, evangelists in, in their way of presenting things, but they went through, the, not all, you know, there was, first off, somebody, somebody was asking questions of people on the street, you know, okay. what's the difference between the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution? And the only person that could answer it was a foreigner. I don't doubt that. <laughs> you know, Americans are absolutely ignorant when it comes to this country. Absolutely ignorant. It doesn't matter on your age. They went from young people to older people. And that, that, that's a critical part of who we are and what we are as a nation. And they couldn't answer it. So I'm going to answer it. The Declaration of Independence, to me... The, the, when they when that was signed by 56 people, okay, they were representatives of the 13 colonies. There was 56 that put their their signatures on it. To me, this is the moment that we became independent because it virtually declared war on Great Britain because of freedoms in the Declaration of Independence, inalienable rights given by God. And that's exactly the position that these people were taking. They believed they were on a sacred mission to bring inalienable rights to all of mankind. But in this case, this brand new, the colonies, they weren't America yet. They were just the colonies. They, that, that nobody, no king was above the supreme deity of in, the, in in all of their cases, it was the Christian in one form or another. Uh, well, I can't say that because there was um, there were other other religious. Uh, I don't remember what talking about, but there were a few other religions. But remember, this country was established by people who 
were leaving the old world in order to have religious freedoms. Christians, for the most part, in different, you know, the Huguenots, you had the, the uh, uh, Puritans, you had evangelists of, of different types that were fundamentally wanting to become able to, you know, serve the God that they believed in, not the king. So to me, it's always been that kind of a thing, is that that was the moment we became independent when people, 56 of them, with no possible ability to be able to beat Great Britain, said, we've got enough of this, we believe God's got back and God will win, and that we're going to have, uh, we're going to build a new country that's based on the freedom of all men and there you know there's arguments about whether they had the slaves in the, their minds or you know a lot of politics went down about that time but it was something that had never never been done before nobody had ever done this freedom what's freedom you're not listening to the king you're not bowing down before the king what's this freedom they didn't even understand it except those people that were filled with some maybe some mystical spiritual mission to bring something new to the to the to the world so to me and also they were inspired by the native americans yeah but they took out the native americans they stole the first constitution from them they didn't give them inalienable rights they 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 did the constitution was in in a great way the framework of it came from the Native American Iroquois nation, which was set up as basically, I think it was six different tribes that came together under one unifying government to kind of like keep everybody in a peaceful way and don't fight amongst ourselves and, you know, deal with enemies outside of us. Yes, I agree with you. I think that what happened to... Uh, to the Native Americans was absolutely horrendous. And if anybody should have reparations, it should be the Native Americans. So, you can't, right, right now, we don't even have a republic, it's a corporation. The republic was long gone, mm -hmm. at, right after the Civil War. I mean, it, it was already on its way out, but it's long gone. There's, the, we know the story, international bankers and the cabal and all these really sweet people um, <laughs> did the damage. Did the Native Americans get hit extremely hard by Christians, do-gooders? Well, maybe, maybe not, because how did they, how did they actually, the small group of colonialists, how did, it, I'm talking New England now, a small group of colonists, how did they actually overcome, you know, million probably, I don't know if it was a million, but, you know, it was a, it was a lot more than they had of Native Americans. And the real thing that took them down was Christianity. They started convincing the uh, tribal elders and the people themselves that they had to fo follow the Bible. And so they went and they brought over a whole bunch of Bibles. I mean, Bible, Bible, Bibles all over the place. 
gave them to the Native Americans and convinced the Native Americans that if they followed Jesus Christ, that, you know, they would have a better life. It's what Why? they did to the Vedrus, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's the Russian Native Americans. I mean, the, the Native Russians, the Vedrus, Mona. Oh. Um, it, it's the same story, but I don't know that those people that did that are Christians. I mean, I believe that the message that Jesus Christ gave was a truly spiritual message, but I don't think that it is being followed by any of the Christian religions at all. Uh, you take you take a message of spirituality and then you uh, you know embroider it with all of these rules and regulations of the whoever's in charge of it. That, that's that's just malarkey. This, these established religions—they're just trying to control you. The people at the top are trying to control you. They're sociopaths. But if for those people that really believe in the message of Christ and are able to take it into their own beingness and to essentially live by the messaging of Christ in a way that you don't want to do bad. You want to do the good things because that's what you're about, doing good things, not bad things. And most really, truly religious, spiritual people don't can't even get their heads wrapped around the fact that there's so much evil in the world, which is one of the things that we're confronting right now, is that there's so much evil, people can't even believe it. So um, my, my suggestion is, is that we turn it over to Dolly because, Dolly, I suspect that... that what what they did, we, we can't just throw out what they did. We can't ignore, we can't not have a celebration for what those people did then and what we lost. But we can bring it back. So to me, honoring the, the Independence Days has been set up. Um, we're honoring the concept of we did it once, we can do it again. That's right. We can bring it back. You know, right. and so... That's that's why I want to do it, because the difference between the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution is that whereas the Declaration said, look out, Great Britain, we're coming for you because we're not going to put up with this and we've got God behind our back. The Constitution was what we were referencing in the fact that they took Native American philosophy of how to mm. help yourselves, and that philosophy is what is woven into the Constitution in so many ways. But the Constitution lays out the mechanism of the government. How are you going to create it? Remember, this has never been done before. How do you create a government that is for the people and by the people? There's no king. There's no, they, the concept of bureaucracy, they probably, I think they feared it, but it was certainly not intentionally built into the Constitution. It was intentionally, tr they tried to do different things to not have it happen. Um, but all of the people that put this together, that the, you know, when they signed, those 56 people, they signed their names, they were on a hit list by Great Britain. And one of the things that this NOVA program did was to tell what happened to some of them. Um, and that were captured by the by the Great Great Britain, that I mean they were all being hunted, and it was awful, just just really awful what what happened to them. So 
we have to honor those people that put their lives and their lives of their families on the line in order to do something that had never been done before, which was to recognize freedom and to recognize the supreme being in the world was God, not kings, not nobility, not the guy telling you what to do. It was between you and your God. And you were a free person. You could say what you wanted to say. You could have the religion you wanted to have. You were protected in courts of law that were designed to keep the legislative branch and the executive branch from overstepping. And we've just seen this happen in the Supreme Court. The three uh, decisions that they made just recently this last week were critical to the preservation and the honoring of the Constitution. So the mechanism is still able to work even after all this time, even after all the changes to the reality of our being, which is that we are a corporation and not a republic. So Dolly, what would you have in mind here? Unless anybody want to say anything more? Dolly, did you want to comment on that? Walt, do you want to comment on that? Walt, do you want to comment no. on that? No. I'm just waiting for the show. We're waiting for the show. Okay. So, Dolly, are you there? Yeah. Geez, now I feel all sad. Um, what? I'm going to ignore my sadness, and I'm going to do what I plan to do. Please, do it. Do it, darling. That's I'm with better. You. That's right. Okay, so I'm going to put in the chat uh, the website of where I'm going to be reading this from it's from the history channel now let me get back into this okay first of all i'm going to read the history of independence day aka the fourth of july by history.com editors updated june 14 2023 the original date on this is december 16 2009 now, the first one is going to be kind of, it's going to be history. The second one is going to be history plus a lot of fun. So, uh, hang in there with me. The 4th of July, also known as Independence Day or July 4th, has been a federal holiday in the United States since 1941. But the tradition of Independence Day celebrations goes back to the 18th century and the, the American Revolution. On July 2nd, 1776, the Continental Congress voted in favor of independence. And two days later, delegates from the 13 colonies adopted the Declaration of Independence, a historic document drafted by Thomas Jefferson. From 1776 to the present day, July 4th has been celebrated as the birth of American independence, with festivities ranging from fireworks, parades, and concerts to more casual family gatherings and barbecues. The 4th of July, 2023, is on Tuesday, July 4th, which is today. 
when the initial battles in the Revolutionary War broke out in April 1775, few colonists desired complete independence from Great Britain, and those who did were considered radical. At least they weren't considered racist. By the middle of the following year, however, Many more colonists had come to favor independence, thanks to growing hostility against Britain and the spread of revolutionary sentiments, such as those expressed in the best-selling pamphlet of that time, Common Sense, published by Thomas Paine in early 1776. On June 7, when the Continental Congress met at the Pennsylvania State House, which was later named Independence Hall in Philadelphia, the Virginia delegate Richard Henry Lee introduced a motion calling for the colony's independence. Amid heated debate, Congress postponed the vote on Lee's resolution, but appointed a five-man committee including Thomas Jefferson of Virginia, John Adams of Massachusetts, Roger Sherman of Connecticut, Benjamin Franklin of Pennsylvania, and Robert R. Livingston of New York to draft a formal statement justifying the break with Britain. And here's a a side note that they had. Did you know John Adams believed that July 2nd was the correct date on which to celebrate the birth of American independence and would reportedly turn down invitations to appear at July 4th events in protest. Adams and Thomas Jefferson both died on July 4, 1826, the 50th anniversary of the adoption of the Declaration of Independence. I found that that to be interesting. Now, back to the article. On July 2nd, the Continental Congress voted in favor of Lee's resolution for independence in a near-unanimous vote. The New York delegation abstained, but later voted affirmatively. Always got to have that one person, you know. I'm usually that one person. (laughs) On that day, John Adams wrote to his wife, Abigail, that July 2nd will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival, and that the celebration should include pomp and parade, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other. On July 4th, the Continental Congress formally adopted the Declaration of Independence, which had been written largely by Jefferson. Though the vote for actual independence took place on July 2nd, and then on the 4th became the day that was celebrated as the birth of American independence. Now here's a section Early 4th of July celebrations and traditions. This will explain that. In the pre-revolutionary years, 
colonists had held annual celebrations of the king's birthday, which traditionally included the ringing of bells, bonfires, processions, and speech-making. By contrast, during the summer of 1776, some colonists celebrated the birth of independence by holding mock funerals for King George III as a way of symbolizing the end of the monarchy's hold on America and the triumph of liberty. I didn't know that. Could I make a quick uh, including concerts. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, it's just that I just couldn't avoid, uh, couldn't help it that uh, Adams, who was so uh, hard pressed to, he he kept insisting on paying attention to the July 2nd date as opposed to July 4th. I wonder if his insistence is based on astronomical measurements, because since they were so uh, focused on that thing, I I wonder if the July 2nd date had a different uh, energy to it and a different significance, and that's why he insisted he, that the July 2nd should be the Declaration of Independence, not July 4th. I'm I'm just curious. I just couldn't help noticing the that discrepancy. Carry on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Festivities including concerts, bonfires, parades, and the firing of cannons and muskets usually accompanied the first public readings of the Declaration of Independence, beginning immediately after its adoption. Period. Philadelphia held the first annual commemoration of independence on July 4, 1777, while Congress was still occupied with the ongoing, ongoing war. George Washington issued double rations of rum to all his soldiers to mark the anniversary of independence in 1778 and in 1781, several months before the key American victory at the Battle of Yorktown, Massachusetts, became the first state to make July 4th an official state holiday. So way back then it was made official. After the Revolutionary War, Americans continued to commemorate Independence Day every year in celebrations that allowed the new nation's emerging political leaders to address citizens and create a feeling of unity. They wanted unity back then. By the last decade of the 18th century, the two major political parties, the Federalist, Federalist Party and Democrat slash Republicans that had arisen began holding separate Fourth of July celebrations in many large cities, so they were starting to divide back then. Now, I'm going to tell you about Fourth of July fireworks. The first fireworks were used as early as 200 B.C., the tradition of setting off fireworks on the 4th of July began in Philadelphia on July 4, 1777, during the first organized celebration of Independence Day. Ship's cannon 
fired a 13-gun salute in honor of the 13 colonies. The Pennsylvania Evening Post reported, At night there was a grand exhibition of fireworks, which began and concluded with 13 rockets on the commons. And the city was beautifully illuminated. That same night, the Sons of Liberty set off fireworks over Boston Common. Now, I'm going to tell you about 4th of July becomes a federal holiday. The tradition of patriotic celebration became even more widespread after the War of 1812 in which the United States again faced Great Britain. In 1870, the U.S. Congress made July 4th a federal holiday. In 1941, the provision was expanded to grant grant a paid holiday to all federal employees. Over the years, the political importance of the holiday would decline. But Independence Day remained an important national holiday and a symbol of patriotism. And see, that's the way it remains for me. It's a symbol of patriotism. And you'll see why later. Falling in midsummer, the 4th of July has since the late 19th century become a major focus of leisure activities and a common occasion for family get-togethers, often involving fireworks and outdoor barbecues. The most common symbol of the holiday is the American flag, and the common musical accompany is the star-spangled banner that nobody can sing properly. I added that. The National Anthem of the United States. Now, That's that article. Now I get to share with you the fun one that I'm going to be pasting you the links where I'm getting the information, and I'm going to paste the flags that is going to be talked about what I'm reading. The History of the American Flag and American Flag Facts brought to you by Drexel University Online. Now, let me copy and paste where I'm getting this. Copy. And here is paste. There you go with that. Now, get back to my report. Okay. Old Glory Stars and Stripes, the Star Spangled Banner. From its inception, the American flag has been an important part of our nation's history. Surviving over 200 years, the flag has both physically and symbolically grown and developed in times of both achievement and crisis. The American flag is a symbol known worldwide. It has been the inspiration for holidays, songs, poems, books, artwork, and so much more. The flag has been used to display our nationalism as well as our rebellion and everything else in between. The flag is so important 
that its history tells the story of America itself. Every time I read the American flag, I get goosebumps because that's how much I appreciate the symbolism of the flag. It represents the freedom, dignity, and true meaning of being an American. To me, it does anyway. It has been with us through our war times, our sad times, but also in times of our greatest joys and triumphs. The flag went through many big variations before becoming the flag we all know and love. Well, a lot, a lot of us know and love. In fact, it took from January 1st, 1776 to August 21, 1960. It has also been shrouded in legend and mystery for many years. Did Betty Ross truly design the first flag? Do the colors really stand for something significant? We will explore this and other myths. Hello. Now, I'm not really Jerry Ruggles, but this is the guy who wrote the article. Hello. I'm Terry Ruggles. Join me as we recount the history of the American flag. Uh, when we think of the American Revolution, as independence from Britain, but the American Revolution was a work in progress. It did not start out as a movement for independence, but a movement to gain seats in Parliament. It had evolved from a protest to a full-blown revolution into a move for independence. And our flag reflected the various stages of this. I need to breathe a minute. I got in trouble a lot for sewing the flag on my jeans. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> well, but you know... They were the jerks. The real American flag, the stripes are actually up and down instead of sideways. <laughs> I shall get to that. <laughs> All right, go ahead. You better? So let, huh? Is your breath better? Yeah, thank you. Oh, I know how it feels. <laughs> so let's take a look at the components that make up our current U.S. flag. We have known, we have what's known as the Canton or blue field, the stars, and, of course, the stripes. So where did these designs come from? The earliest use of stripes in flags in what was to become America is from the Sons of Liberty flag. The Sons of Liberty were the original Tea Party members. These are the guys that threw the chests of tea overboard into the Boston Harbor. Didn't I get the Sons of Liberty flag? Oh, let's keep going. Um, starting after the Stamp Act in 1765, the Sons of Liberty began their protesting. They came up with a flag that looked similar to this, only with less stripes. The pattern, however, was the same and it could be displayed either horizontally or vertically. This may have been the pattern that contributed for the stripes on our flag. 
1775, at the beginning of the revolution, independence had not yet been declared. The Continental Congress was meeting in Philadelphia when a somewhat obscure militia colonel from Virginia came forward in his uniform and volunteered to take command of the troops outside of Boston, overlook Boston Heights. That colonel was George Washington. When he left Philadelphia, he took with him two flags, the Grand Union, or the Continental, as it was called, was the first flag under which the Continental soldiers fought. I'm going to do the website. Copy. Where'd y'all go? Oh, here you are. Copy. Okay, Dolly, I, I, I did. Well, I should take it down before you look. <laughs> because I looked up the Sons what of down? Liberty. The flag. I took. Oh, I took, good. Thank you. Well, okay, oh but, my God! They did I, not have that on a flag. Oh, okay, I, I, I'm looking at it and I go, "Oh my God, that can't be what it was." I must have. It, I don't know why. It was, anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna get rid of that one. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm getting rid of it. Holy crap! I, I can't believe, believe they would do, do that. that. I know. Oh, I know. Okay. And I, I dropped it in there, and as soon as I I sort of looked at, it, I said "Sons of Liberty," and I didn't think anything more about it because. I went over to Google and put Sons of Liberty flag, and there's a whole bunch of versions of it. Oh, my God. Oh, my so, God. <laughs> well, this one that I just posted, that's the Grand Union flag. And okay. you're going to see how these flags change. Okay. It uses the alternating red and white stripe pattern, similar to the Sons of Liberty flag, only there are 13 stripes signifying the 13 colonies. However, notice that instead of stars on a blue field, we have the king's colors, also known as the Union Jack. This flag had a very specific meaning. It meant that we were fighting as 13 united colonies, but under British rule. Remember, at this time, we had not yet declared our independence. So, the other flag that Washington took with him is known as the Washington's Headquarters flag. Let me get the website for this, because you can see more, copy, more uh, of the flags on the sites. And here's paste. Now let me get the flag, and I can show you that flag. Let's see, copy. This is so different. I've never seen this one before. Paste. And it's doing its thing. And that is uh, the Washington flag. Had Washington headquarters flag. Pretty nifty, huh? Just uh, white stars on a blue background. Let's see. Now, as you can and so, see, and so that would probably be flown at Washington's headquarters. Yeah. Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. Is the number it's, of stars significant? Because I see some have more, some have less. Let me read. As you can see, the entire field is blue. 
There are 13 stars arranged in a pattern known as the 32323 pattern. Five rows of alternating stars of three stars, two stars, three stars, two stars, and three stars. However, you will also notice that there are six pointed stars, a slight difference from the five-pointed star on the current flag. This would be the first use of the star pattern on an American flag, and today you can see a copy of this flag hanging in front of Washington's headquarters at Valley Forge. See, I answered y'all's questions. <laughs> a year later, on July 4, 1776, Congress declared its independence from Great Britain. From that moment on, we were fighting for our independence. Yet the Continental Congress still did not design a new American flag. The flag came about on June 14, 1777, when Congress passed the first of three major flag acts. The first act stated that the flag of the U.S. shall consist of 13 alternating stripes of red on white with 13 stars on a blue field forming a new constellation. What it left out was the following. Were those stripes to be vertical or horizontal? Was, where was the blue field to be placed? What was the star pattern to be used? And how many points were to be on the star? So, who designed the flag? In 1776, you couldn't go into a store and buy a flag off the rack. But then, flags were made in one of two ways. Since most flags had a naval use, you could go to a ship's chandlery, a store that outfitted ships. And the chandler would contract with a sailmaker, or in many cases, an upholsterer to make the flag. An upholsterer in colonial times had more functions than what we typically think of today. Besides working on furniture, they also made flags and other military equipment. This is where the legend of Betsy Ross comes into play. We know that Betsy Ross was an upholsterer who made flags for the Pennsylvania Navy. What we don't know is... Did she really design the first flag? There is a great deal of controversy about this. In 1870, Betsy Ross's grandson was addressing an historic society in Philadelphia and said that his grandmother told him that she met with George Washington and others, and she designed the flag. But did she design it or did Francis Hopkinson design it? Francis Hopkinson was one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence from the state of New Jersey. The only evidence of who made the flag is a bill that was submitted to Congress by Francis Hopkinson that said 
for designing the flag, you owe me two casks of ale. <laughs> what we don't have is a picture of that flag, a written description of the flag, or even a sketch of the flag. So the mystery remains. Regardless of these facts, the legend lives on, and the first flag of the Revolutionary Period is referred to as the Betsy Ross flag. The pattern of stars on the blue field is known by three names. The Betsy Ross pattern, the Philadelphia pattern, or the single wreath pattern. Let me copy the website. Okay. Copy. And paste. Now let me copy the flag. Here's the flag coming at you. Paste. And here, hit enter. Here's the Betsy Ross flag and the other three names. I like that one, but we got too many states now to have that one. So, let me get back here. The blue field on the flag also goes by three names. The field, the union, or the canton. Because Congress did not set the specifics of where the field would be or how the star pattern should look like or how many points the star would have during this period and up until 1912. The stars could be arranged in any manner that a flag matter maker would choose. When Congress put together the notion of the flag, they blended the already established design of alternating stripes of red on white, signifying the united colonies, and a blue field with 13 stars, just like the Washington's headquarters flag. Many people believe this may have been the flag that Francis Hopkins designed, but once again, this is only speculation. Then here's something I found really interesting. This pattern is known as the cowpens pattern. Now let me copy this web. Copy and... Here is paste. There's the website. Now, let me get the flag. This is, I like this flag, too. I like the designs on them. Let's see. Copy. And here is, here is paste. Now, you're going to see this flag. See, that looks kind of like the Betsy Ross flag. <laughs> and that's the cowpens flag. Now let me go over here. Uh, another well-known flag during this time was the Easton flag. I, I don't know that I've heard about that one. And I haven't seen it before. It's very interesting. Here's the website on copy. I'm pasting in here. 
Okay. Now let me get the flag. Oops, not that. This. Here we go. I like this one too, but not as much as some of the others. Uh, and here is this flag. And this is the eastern flag. Look how they did the stripes up in the left-hand corner. Red and white stripes. And then the stars go in a circle with a star in the middle. And there's 13 of those. But and then the, the background is blue. What? I, isn't that 14 stars? Oh, is it? I, I don't know. 13. Yeah, it's 13. <laughs> you doubted me. <laughs> okay, so interesting. Well, I too, but I counted them. Brats. <laughs> 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 interesting design, right? But remember, Congress did not specify where all of the elements should be placed. After the Revolutionary War ended, our country writes a new constitution. We elect George Washington president, and in 1792, we bring in two new states, Vermont and Kentucky. This begs the question, what do we do with the flag? <laughs> because the original flag act called for 13 stripes and 13 stars to represent the 13 colonies, what do we do to signify the adding of two new states to the Union? At this time, Congress passes the Second Flag Act, and it states that from now on, we would add one stripe and one star for each new state. This new 15-star and 15-stripe flag is known as the Star-Spangled Banner. Let me copy the website. Let's see. <coughs> Here's paste. And let me get the star. I mean the flag. I love this picture. It's pretty. It, it, it brings out the patriotism I feel in my whole body. And here's the flag. It's coming. There we go. The Star Spangled Banner. There. Now let me get back. It is this flag that flew over Fort McHenry and inspired Francis Scott Key to write our national anthem. After the War of 1812, we were adding more states again, and as we incorporated more stars and stripes into the design, our flag was starting to look a little funny. So, in 1818, Congress passed the third of the three major flag acts. It stated that the design was to go back to the original configuration of 13 alternating stripes on of red on white representing the 13 colonies, but that we would add one star for each new state. However, once again, 
It did not specify what pattern the stars should be arranged in or the amount of points that were to be on the star. So we had many variations of flag design during this time. Finally, in 1912, President Taft established the pattern of stars that we know today. The 48 star, 49 star, and 50 star flag all conform to this pattern. Our flag is an inspiration, it is an inspiring symbol that unites us all as American citizens. The unique history of the American flag follows the history of our country and reminds us of the triumphant beginning of the United States. The 13 stripes, a symbol of the first 13 colonies. The star is a symbol of our country's 50 United States. As our country grew and developed, so did our flag. It has followed the fate of the country itself. And in the future, our flag may even change again. <laughs> Today, our flag remains a vibrant symbol of the American principles of democracy, justice, and freedom. And, of course, the everlasting memory of those who have have sacrificed their lives defending these intrinsic principles of the United States of America. That's the way I think of it. I don't care they fucked up our country. I think of it like, like it was. Over 200 years ago, the Second Continental Congress officially made the Stars and Stripes the symbol of America going so far as to declare that the 13 stars gracing the original flag represented a new constellation with the ideal that America embodied a bright new hope and light for mankind. See, I have the hope that goes with that flag. I have the hope. Today, our flag continues to carry the inspirational and fundamental convictions of our great nation and will continue to do so for many years to come. Amen. Well, we certainly hope so. Oh, me too, Mona. But me you too. didn't come across any of them that said um, why the gold fringe is around the flags to represent war no i no i didn't uh it didn't go that far mm-hmm. it stopped right there i even forgot to uh about the gold because i wish i had remembered i would uh, maybe next week i can do a little tidbit on the gold well, the gold is on the flag to represent an admiralty court or a military facility, but primarily it was uh, added to, to indicate that the court system, the federal court system, is admiralty versus uh, uh, common law, which is God's law. Uh, admiralty law is more considered the king's law. And the fundamental freedoms of what were defined in the Declaration of Independence are not available to people in a court 
that it's got flying the Admiralty flag as indicated by the gold stripes or the gold fringe. Hmm. Oh, I don't know where the history is, but that's what it represents. So, uh, was what I did a dud, or or was it interesting? I found it fascinating. Well, not fascinating, so so to speak, but interesting. But they couldn't but make up their mind how many points they wanted on the stars and how many stars they wanted. <laughs> yeah, in which way were the stripes gonna go? <laughs> well, if it's a five-pointed star, regardless of where it's pointed, isn't it more? like a satanic star because it's no. the, the satanics use a five-pointed star no they use a six-pointed star don't oh no it is no. it's a reversed you're right exactly and but not only that but if you look up the democratic party they changed from the uh, six to the five star just recently in the last few years oh. And if uh, states secede from the Union, then they're going to remove the stars. Like, for example, I've been hearing for years that uh, Texas wants to get out from the, from the Union. They want to be their own independent country. So then you will have less than 50. Well, well we interesting. Go ahead, Mona. There's Puerto Rico and uh, somewhere else that we claim is ours. Well, yeah, they're, they're um, what do they call them? Uh, gosh. They're, they're not states. They have not been allowed into the uh, republic, so to speak. And interestingly about Texas is that I also watched this program that said was about the shape of the states. I didn't watch the whole thing. It was, you know, a few episodes. But this one episode was discussing Texas, and Texas was at one time, when it was Mexican, Mexico country, it was like it went from the Pacific all the way over to the east uh, border of Texas, and it went up to encompass Oklahoma and a few other states. It was like a, you know, uh, uh, a rectangle. And so you have a, a situation when Texas becomes independent of Mexico, it still had, uh, you know, a whole bunch of other area that you don't see in the map right now. But they ended up giving some of that away in order to make things easier. There were a lot of reasons for it, and I'm not going to get into it. But while they were discussing this, they were discussing the fact that when Texas says that it wants to secede, well, that's all good. You know, go ahead. Uh, oh, I know what it was. The, the state, there's, okay, there's only three electric grids in the United States. And the one is for the eastern part of the country, the another one for the western part of the country. And the third one was is Texas itself. It's not tied into the other two. It's its own independent electrical system which came about during World War II. And the reason for building it in Texas at the time that they did was two things. One, they needed the power because there was a tremendous amount of war effort going on in Texas and they needed that electric power. 
The second one is, is that they were the oil people. So they didn't have to send oil all over the place to run the, the, the machines that will create the electricity. They simply had to ship it locally and boom, you're going. So they created this independent uh, grid system that did fail them during that uh, winter snowstorm thing. But um, at the time that all this was before this, when Texas was, uh, you know, still an independent, uh, I, I don't know what they were calling themselves. I think it was the Republic, Republic of Texas. But they they didn't have any money. So they sold some of the land off to the federal government in order to get money to be able to operate. But they were begging the federal government to let them in. And uh, then the Civil War happened, and um, I think that's when they, the Confederacy said, I don't remember, I don't actually, now that I think about it, I don't remember if they went with the South or not. Because I got thinking about something else concerning this at the time. But, yeah, so Texas is an odd thing, and if they want to secede, well... You begged to get back into it because on your own you didn't have enough to be able to to be a nation, you know. So maybe they do now. I don't know. Was Texas considered part of this in that split between North and South? Is tech was Texas part of that South, or did the the Mexican Mason Dixon line was very clear on that which states were considered the South and which states were considered the North? Like, that was one of the reasons they lost some property because of the Mason-Dixon line. And they wanted to stay in the South because in the South you could still have slaves. And wow. they had apparently slaves. So they gave that away to the federal government so that they were below the Mason-Dixon line. Uh-huh. Huh. I believe the other, the other word you were looking for was like commonwealth, like Texas, uh, Puerto I Rico is a commonwealth? Uh no it's not it's uh, it's a legal term oh uh, virgin islands are something i can't remember it somebody out there will probably know what i'm trying to say so that no. that would explain the bahamas is part of that because that's why they would register the irs in the bahamas as opposed to being in the continental u.s no the bahamas are have not we don't have any rights over the bahamas Oh, is no relationship. Puerto there. Rico. Puerto Rico. Is the Virgin Islands, Guam. I think maybe Guam was Guam, given. Up. That's it. That's right. That's uh, the other Guam. Territories. Is it territories? Wow. Maybe. No, yes, I just found it. It's territories. Territories. Yeah. Yeah. So and and that was that's one of the things that the Democrats want. Now now this is another th thing. You remember when you we had uh, the you were talking about the political parties, and one of them was Democratic Republican. You remember that when you were reading the thing, Dolly? Sorry, I was muted. Yes, I remember. It tripped me up because it put the two things together, and it it didn't make logic in my head. <laughs> Well, what we know is the Democratic Party was a party that supported um, slavery. And it was Abraham Lincoln's party that became known as the Republic Party. 
Republican Party, that was against slavery. So the Democrats are out there screaming and hollering about how Republicans are white racist, and the fact the fact of history is that no, they're the ones that fought to to to, to free the slaves. It was the Democratic Party that was trying to, you know, keep the slaves. Lies. They lie. <laughs> and and they never mention white people were kept as slaves. Um, uh, Irish people were kept as slaves. Chinese people were kept as slaves. They never mention all the other races that were kept as slaves. Right. Well, these were indentured sl- servants. And what it what it what what happened was in the early days, people wanted to come to the uh, colonies, but they didn't have the money. So rich people would say, we'll pay for your voyage over there, but once you get there, you have to work for uh, my company that is over there, and you have to work for, I don't know, it was a lot of time, and uh, then you'll get your freedom. And the fact of the matter is, is that there were many more, there were, comparatively, there was no black slaves. It was all white indentured slaves in the beginning, and those people the percentage that actually lived long enough to be free is very small they had terrible lives and you know again if you're going to have reparations you should put you should give it to the people that were white indentured families there, there's a tremendous number of them but nobody wants to talk about that either so slavery did not just limit it to black slavery it right. was slavery of all sorts if you could pay for them, you owned them. Hell, it's still going on. Anybody that thinks slavery's not going on should pay attention to the southern border of the United States. It's called trafficking now, that's why. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. We're five minutes after the hour. I just saw that. I was going to tell you. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... We're going to play the only thing that I think we should play. God bless America.
Minnesota. To the hills of Tennessee. Across the plains of Texas. Oh, from sea to shining sea. From Detroit down to Houston. New York to L.A. Where there's pride in every American heart. And it's time we stand and say. Oh, and I'm proud to be an American. Where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died or who gave that right to me. And I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no Amen. You are. Uh, I'm laughing, Dolly. That was perfect. <laughs> oh, oh, that, that my, I got goosebumps all over my body. My hairs are standing up. I wish I could stand up and jump up and down. <laughs> I knew you would have that response. <laughs> That's how much I love my America. I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, I took the oath to defend the Constitution against any any enemy, foreign or domestic. And I take that to the grave with me. You know, I, I just, yep. I'm a flaming patriot, have been all my life, and I'm proud of it. Yep. Me too. Mona, Walter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, Okay, so does anybody have anything else that they wanted to to, uh, comment on in that case? Or do you have some other thing that you wanted to bring up? No, I I agree with what you said. Yes, let's do that. Okay. What Mona and uh, Walt say. Walt, are you there? Uh, I'm here. Would you like to read Matthew? He just came out. Well, uh, she just put it put it up yesterday. Uh, do you have the link? It's it. Oh yes. Um, it's right in Skype already. But I'll put it. Oh, in it's in Skype. Okay, let Skype. me go to Skype. I'll put it here okay. in chat. Okay, I'm opening the site now. Well, I have it. Uh, let me know when you want me to start. It's good. We got the link in the um, in the chat on the radio now. So, okay. sure, let's go. So this this writing is dated July the the third the third, and the title of it is, is ET Special Forces Member 
remedying darkness caused evil, ET assistance, planetary and personal developments, completion timeline, ET special forces, reptilians, lightworkers. <clears throat> With loving greetings from all souls at this station, this is Matthew. It is our privilege and great pleasure to welcome back Arnold, the soul who shared his knowledge in two prior messages. Arnold, thank you, Matthew. For nigh unto a century, my people have been helping Gaia on her residence by sending light to Earth. Other civilizations, including those who live in inner Earth cities, have been doing the same. And many millions of volunteers have incarnated on the planet to add their light. These gifts of light, the same energy as love, enabled Earth to rise out of third density depths and embark upon a steady ascension pathway. Her people saw turmoil growing, but they had no idea that a massive infusion of light was exposing long hidden darkness and a battle between the light and the dark forces was well underway. To enlighten the populace, off-planet messengers telepathically transmitted information to their respective receivers, who accepted the mission to publicize it. The persons who were responsive to the light and the information began to awaken. Now their vast numbers are increasing by the day, and Earth is orbiting in fourth density on her way to fifth, with speed that is unprecedented in this universe. When this eons old plague of darkness runs out of its energy course, and this is happening rapidly, the evil it has caused and will the evil it has caused and will leave in its wake must be remedied so the planet and all its inhabitants can heal from cultural, racial, and religious prejudice, economic polarization, political and corporate corruption, cruelty to animals, ignorance of truths and information control, cities and towns and ruins, homelessness and impoverishment, contaminated soil, air, and waters. And indeed, and indeed, every one of those conditions will be remedied. Some of you are thinking it could take a century or more before the ravaged environment can be restored to health and people around the world, the world live peacefully, cooperatively and prosperously within the riches of their diversity and in harmony with nature. Dear ones, please think instead that the light will keep intensifying and raising vibrations on souls who are spiritually and consciously ad advanced and will be incarnating in great numbers. My people conservatively estimate that reconciliation, cleansing and reconstruction will be completed in less than two generations, 35 to 40 of your years, and many aspects will be accomplished much sooner. Significant efforts have started in some areas, others are in planning stages, and through those years, we and other universal family will work alongside you. Some will introduce the technology and help you implement your own, which dark ones have suppressed from beneficial use and misused themselves. You will harness free energy, dematerialize radioactive waste, rid, rid the oceans, and rivers of pollution and debris, 
cleanse your soil of toxicity, rebuild war-torn areas, turn deserts into arable lands, and revolutionize economic, legal, uh, legal slash justice and governing systems, healthcare, farming, education, construction, communication, and transportation. As bodies cellular structure transformed into crystalline, Earth civilization's 10 dormant DNA strands will begin activating one by one until all are functioning. The people will understand they are multidimensional eternal souls experiencing another lifetime in a physical world, that animals and plants are souls too, and every life is connected with all others and with the supreme being of this universe. Eradication of disease will result, will result in longer, healthier, happier lives and access to innate, innate abilities such as telepathic communication, astral travel, and manifestation by focused thought will measure immeasurably enrich life. The uh, disinformation that permeates your world will have been long since replaced by truths and all information in media and textbooks will be accurate. Fear, which is so prevalent today, will have long since replaced by contentment, curiosity, excitement, and adventuresome spirit. You will enjoy what now seems to be the stuff of science fiction, such as traveling to other worlds and greeting universal family who comes from other civilizations to visit you. The population will not advance in mass, in mass, but individually, in accordance with persons' beliefs about their exist, extensive powers, and ultimately everyone will achieve that advanced state of being. Then Earth's density, her golden age, will flourish into the fullness of unity consciousness, indeed, heaven on Earth. Dear hearts, many of you in elder years chose in your soul contrast to leave earth lifetime before that age is blooming in all its gloriousness. You will be leaving in another magnificent world where love, peace, and life in harmony with nature also are cornerstones. You can view the panorama of earth in the continuum where all her residents are joyously thriving in the planet's abundance and pristine beauty. For your dedicated service that is inspiring her people to move ever onward to manifest that age, you are honored and by the gratitude of all lighted beings. Whatever happens anywhere affects everything else, everywhere else. Thus, the transformation of life on Earth will benefit all other worlds in this universe. Susie, thank you for receiving my message. Matthew, thank you for letting me speak. Matthew, we thank you, Arnold. Our, our readers will welcome your message. We would like to add a bit, if we may. Arnold, indeed you may. Matthew, when Earth was mired in third density, Gaia asked Universal Family for the help she needed to rise out of those depths where darkness was keeping her. Third density worlds did not request help or decline existence lo lovingly effort have taken many thousands of years to reach fourth density, where Earth is location-wise and the status many of her people are attaining in personal ascension. 
that is has has that this has happened in only several decades let's let's you see the uniqueness of of uh, speed thanks to the light beam by other civilizations and the steadfastness of volunteers arnold we are proudly grateful for your assistance and that and that of all other members of the extraterrestrial special forces arnold as you and all of the souls at your station know matthew Helping our Earth family is a service of love. Thank you for adding to what I say about speed. That comparison was needed so the ascension pace of Earth and her residents can be properly appreciated. And now I bid you farewell. In, in uh, brackets, Arnold's presentation are in September 16, 2019 and November 1st, 2022. Messages. After the first Matthew said about the about him, his humility belies his soul involvement station and the high position he holds in his civilization, as well as his importance to your world. He is one of the specially gifted special forces we have talked about. The end brackets. Many of you may not know or remember what makes those forces special. Mother, please insert what we said about them some time ago. Members of the forces number in the thousands and they're stationed around the world wherever they are needed. In addition to the great difference in the size of this group and the other volunteers and the occasional arrival of an adult, souls in the forces also differ in other ways. All come from the most highly evolved civilizations where they held responsible positions. They know who they are, and none has ever strayed from his or her mission. They retain their innate abilities of manifestation, dematerialization, teleportation, astral travel, telepathic communication, being present in spirit only, thus invisible to bystanders, and reading thoughts of others nearby or distant. Those extraordinary abilities, that is, in persons on Earth, enable these volunteers to be especially valuable in intelligence agencies, the sciences, medical laboratories, information analysis, military forces, and governments. And a few are prodigies, which shouldn't be surprising, and a few are what you call illusionists. That may seem a frivolous mission, but it, it is purpo purposeful. By walking through a brick wall or producing an automobile out of thin air, for instance, they are showing these are possible. Thoughts about any possibility precede development, more accurately activating the ability to accomplish it. And those entertainers are stimulating their audience to contemplate how such feats can be managed. You could say they are way shores to Earth's people, discovering their own innate abilities. Let us add that it is members of the special forces who reduce the toxicity in vaccines and erase the programming in the chips as well, as preventing the detonation of missiles, nuclear warheads, and causing other weapons to malfunction. Of particular importance to us, they are our information sources on the planet about what is happening there. Mother, thank you. You can see why we're proudly grateful to Arnold and all others in the Special Forces. 
as a major part of the light forces. Their multi-pronged mission is different from, but in conjunction with what the White Hats are doing to rid the Earth of darkness. As a preface to telling you about the missions, we say that some of the forces members are among the many reptilians who are light lighted beings. Mother, please copy a pertinent part of our conversation with Horace, a reptilian fleet commander whom I know. Uh, the next is in quotes. It is known by some of your people that certain of my civilization are fearsome creatures that have been causing all manner of evil upon your world for endless times. It is possible that of all who oppose their darkness, we are the most vehement because their actions reflect upon us as a total civilization. Those members are not in the majority and are not representative of the rest of us. Okay, Horace's entire illuminating presentation is in June 24, 2009 message. Again, thank you, Mother. The reptilians about whom Horace spoke include older generations of European royal families, others at the peak of the Illuminati, and the group that can be rightfully thought as evil incarnate. By emitting the lowest of vibrations, that group gleefully helps perpetuate Earth's third density conditions, even though their main interest is their own survival. Unlike the dark forces puppets who cause all sorts of mayhem and violence, corruption, disease, disinformation, and toxic pollution. One of the special forces missions is the eradication of that group of reptilians, a task your military forces cannot manage. Ridding Earth of Darkness is moving apace worldwide. And in reply to numerous questions about military movement in the United States, the troops will maintain order and provide safety for the citizenry as cleansing action heats up in that country, the beneficial aftermath will be far-reaching. Beloved brothers and sisters, we and other messages of the light have told you that the millions of souls who volunteer to wake up our Earth family so they can see that they, they have the power to wake their world peaceful, healthy, and prosperous for all. You were chosen because you are the strongest and have successfully accomplished this in other 3D worlds. If you feel you are falling short of this because even family and dear friends show little interest in hearing what you know and dramatic changes are not publicly evident, we assure you you have not fallen short. The light you radiate simply by being has been motivating millions upon millions to start thinking, questioning, reasoning, and acting on a higher level of awareness. Dear ones, you are a grand success. All light beings in this universe honor you and support you with the unparalleled power of unconditional love. Love and peace, Susan Ward. Well, that was kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Does uh, what would really be nice is uh, if they were free to chime in or uh, members of the posse would chime in. Not that, not that he's got to answer some set of questions, not at all, but uh, it'd be nice to have uh, his feedback if possible. But um, I don't want to tucker uh, the sheriff out 
maybe she's exhausted from all the reading. <laughs> the Passy, the Passy isn't here. Oh, okay. You're celebrating the fourth. Uh, I don't know where they are. I, <laughs> I'm getting complete blank. N no. I didn't think that was possible. They don't recognize the house with all the new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh -oh. Seriously, I, I don't know where are they. Huh. I, I, maybe they just don't even want to tell me they're not going to make me do anymore. I don't know. <laughs> They're here. I, I can't help you. Well, well, Walt, what, what do you think? Just off the top of your head, what are you feeling and thinking? You know, you've got guides there. I know you've got guides. Regarding what in particular? Well, the question that you asked her to answer or have the posse answer regarding what Matthew just said. Oh. I mean, do you think yourself as a, what are they, special forces guy? Or do you think of yourself as a volunteer? Do you think of yourself as one of a kind or do you feel a connection to your past lifetime? I feel I'm one of those guys that ended up in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> well, I cannot confirm that. <laughs> uh, ever since I was a little kid, not, nothing made any sense. So I'm, I'm obviously not far from here because everyone else thought everything was absolutely normal and everything was peachy keen. And to me, nothing made sense. I said, what? What? You're doing this? You're saying that, and you're like, nothing made sense. So uh, obviously, I'm not from here. Maybe I'm from a another another town somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, but you're with three ladies that went through the same thing you're thinking and feeling. <laughs> so where do you get off at? That's not right. <laughs> I, so I'm, I'm not, not special I, I'm at not, all. <laughs> I'm not with you guys. No, I, no, I, no. no. I know that I came from someplace else, but I came a long time ago. Yeah, and I know that I chose Earth. I chose to stay here, yep. to, to, to take this journey with her. Now, do I have other versions of myself that's doing other things? Yes. But a, a portion of the energy that's in my higher self said, I'm dedicating myself to Gaia. Because in all of the universe, and I know I'm an old soul, I know the universe, I know the cosmos, I know interdimensional space and all this stuff. In all of the experience that my higher self has, there is a, an incredible love for this planet, yes. for this Gaia. And, you know, it's like I've been going through this kind of, Okay, where are we at now? Because as a human being representing my higher self, you know, I've, I've I mean, I, I didn't get born this way with all this. I mean, I was had all this knowledge, but it's not in your head until you, you know, sort of go up against things and say, ask the questions. If you don't ask questions, good Lord, you never get the answers. And so I was given this pathway to be the oldest of 10 kids where all the parents and all the adults were so busy doing their own thing that they never paid any attention to us into school systems that were trying to teach us to think, not to be controlled, 
that you know into a generation where when we were the difference between an adult mind and a child's mind is the fact that the child asks a question that no adult can answer and for an entire generation on the world particularly america was why did you kill john kennedy my president and it shot us into a position of doubting the reality that we had been presented not because it was being presented by people trying to control us but people that thought that that was a reality i mean the one thing i could take away many things i can take away from the assassination but one of those things is how i did not hear an adult talking in my family on the on the television they had to talk but i don't remember my mother saying anything I mean, I walked in the house. I had just found out he, he had been assassinated. I walked back in the house. It was about 2.30, 2.40 at that time, uh, Eastern time. I walked into the house, and my mother said, I thought you went to, to Doris, uh, to, uh, over to uh, neighbors. And I said, they killed the president. And she said, what? I said, they shot John Kennedy. And I was like 15 years old, and I never stopped walking. I went straight into the to where the television was, the one television in the house, and I turned it on. And my mother followed me. She said nothing. And for the next three days, I sat in front of that television. I slept in front of that television. It would go off, and when it came on, it would wake me up. And, you know, it was like... In the so, whole so her silence was deafening for you. Yet my mother said nothing. I don't even remember seeing my father. That was the most the most impacting thing you heard. Yeah, the teachers the teachers couldn't say anything. It was like dead silence from the adults. And you and you'd watch them. You know, they'd wa I watched my mother. You know, she'd watch all this stuff, and she said nothing. Now I couldn't say anything because I didn't know what the frig was happening. But neither did they. See, in, in an instant, in, in one fraction of an instant, the moment these people heard what had happened, their realities completely collapsed. And for a period of time, they, they said nothing. I mean... So there's proof positive that you weren't plugged into the grid. They were in shock. They couldn't but handle it. And, but and, you were and, able to process it and and unlike them. So we hadn't we hadn't we we were young. We were the sixties generation. We hadn't been indoctrinated from, you know, not only our young life, but see it, it was it was patriotism. It was all the things that we're trying to represent today. The patriotism, the belief in people, the belief in the, the nation coming together in unity, the belief that we can do anything. There is nothing we can't do because we've got God, whatever God is, behind us, that we're spiritual beings. All of that was what they were being told and what they were seeing. Even though they had seen World War II and the and the understand the devastation with a six-year war there were millions and millions of people that more more civilians died than did any military and you got this horrendous thing that like my parents lived through and I'm sure there was an immense amount of fear attached to that but they had won they had had I mean every soldier from World War two the reason they went and fought and died and did the things they did the things they did were insanity 
You know, I, if you look at, at some of the battle things and, and walking in a Normandy beaches where there's bullets and rockets and everything falling all around you. I mean, it's like walking into hell. And yet they did it. Why did they do it? Because they had this ingrained feeling of uh, a mission. And it wasn't just their individual mission. It was the people with you, their mission. So they had that knowledge of what it takes. I mean, even the civilians back home, this this coming together to be able to beat back the evil, the evil, the evil of Nazi Germany, you know? And so in an instant, in an instant, somebody killed the president of the United States, a man who represented a God-fearing man, a man, of, uh, he had been in the military, he had a wonderful family, his family was successful, you know. I mean, this this, this epitome of what you wanted to be a leader, and everything blew up in their faces. They couldn't even react. Now imagine, you know, our generation of woos who haven't been thought taught even to think, that look at their phones all the time, that don't really. I mean, they're background people. They don't even engage in the reality that's been put in front of them. And imagine what's going to happen to them when they are confronted with the fact that, gee, you know, there's ETs. <laughs> you know, are they going to be able to handle this? I don't hear this woke crowd talking about metaphysical things at all. It's all on the climate. It's the the politics. It's it's they're so 3D that they haven't got that connection to that spirituality, which is what I think got my parents and that generation to get moving again. Well, you you did notice the woke crowd have something in common. They are a hundred percent disconnected from the earth. They're disconnected from nature. They're disconnected from anything that's real and makes sense. They're exactly. like thought. Totally connected to a completely fictitious reality. I mean, this isn't even a reality of your own making. It's a fake reality in in any way, shape, and form. They're completely disconnected from whatever could pass as real, for heaven's sake. They're connect disconnected from history. I mean, yeah. I watch I watch these these reporters go out and ask simple questions to people of all ages. But the kids, the kids are like. Brain dead. The, the 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 I mean, like for instance, who who fought in the Civil War? Okay, that's the question. Who fought in the Civil War? And I heard somebody say, "Oh, I think it might have been France and Spain and England, maybe." What in the hell? They've got no civics. They haven't been taught the history. And you know, there's one politician. I don't even remember who it was. Was saying that what we what we need to do is we need to force the American citizen before they can get the right to vote to pass the same test that a person who is getting an American citizen. He's an immigrant at that point. They wanted to become a citizen. They have to pass a test. And I think they said there was 120 questions on this test. So when they go out into the streets and somebody can say, oh, yeah, well, that's that and that's that and that's that. It's somebody who has is, is gained their their citizenship because they had at least enough 
knowledge of civics to be able to answer 120 questions. And I, I mean, I, when I found they had taken civics out of the classroom, I was absolutely stunned. And it was probably 20 years before I found out because I didn't have any kids. We've got to go back to the basics and teach people the basics because these kids, it's, it's not just their, that they're mind controlled. They can't do the math. They can't, they don't know the history. They probably, well, they don't, they can't, they don't, they teach them to print. They don't teach them to write script. Uh, you, you know, it, it, it's, it, we got to turn this around. And the only way we can turn it around is by acknowledging it. And then say, what can we do to fix it? So I'm with I'm with the the message that Matthew's giving here is that things are happening, good things are happening. And do I believe that, you know, I've been influential in this? Absolutely, absolutely. So what I what I alluded to a little bit earlier was the concept that these these Canadian fires are really bothering me. We talked about them on say what. They've got hundreds of fires still burning, but they are burning in Canada. You get to the American border and there's no fires in America. I mean, there's a few, but nothing like what you see in Canada. I asked uh, uh, Derek because Derek lives in Washington, very close to the Canadian border. And I said, and this fire is all burning on the other side of the Canadian border. And I said to him, I said, Derek, isn't the the trees and, and nature the same in Washington as it is across the border in Canada? And he said yes, and he started telling me the technical names for the trees and all in the woods and stuff. And I said, then here, I want you to look at this particular map. And he sees this map of the burning, and I'll get it up here in a second. And he said, that's not natural. I said, I know. But look at it, it's the entire, the entire southern border of Canada, hundreds and hundreds of fires. And the person who was telling me this, um, I, call, I call her, well, she called herself Gridworks when she first got, she was one of our first radio uh, fans, Walt. She started with us in, in 2014, actually, even before we had Cosmic Reality. And she's Canadian. And she said that, She's got a lot of shungite there on her property that is creating a bubble. But she was, and I, she called me. She seldom, only twice. This is the second call she ever made. We normally message. And she called me and she said, I'm just so concerned for, for everything that's out there that's not being protected by shungite, is not being protected by the, uh, you know, the, 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 the animals, the trees, the plants, everything, you know, in these fires. And I got really angry. It was like, wait a minute. This is not natural. This is not Gaia. It doesn't have her imprinted. It doesn't, it's not natural. So it has to be some mucky muckies that are mucking around. And I've tried to be, let's say, keep myself in the place of an observer. Don't get rattled by things. Let it go, you know. But I'm getting pissed. And... So I'm, you know, kind of like, should I be pissed? Do I have a right to be pissed? There's free will and there's all this other stuff. And, you know, I'm not going to get into all the stuff that's been going through my head about this. But I kept going back to that moment in time where I took dominion over the planet. 
And I said, if I was willing, you know, in 1989 to take take the responsibility for this planet by saying I'll take dominion over it. Only took one human being. There might have been others that went through the same sort of thing, but I definitely went through it. And I said, okay, so, so it, the reason that there's there's so much bullshit happening is because nobody has taken charge of the planet, of saying I'm responsible for making this planet all she can be, because without human interaction with the Gaia spirit, Gaia gets stuck. Once she gets moving, we get moving, we get moving, she gets moving. It's this reciprocal energy force that creates evolution, creates what people call ascension. It's just coming into our own knowingness. And so now I'm back in the same position. You know, you claim dominion. So what does that mean? It means I should get pissed at a point in time. If somebody comes into my yard and they're starting fires in my yard, I'm going to get pissed and I'm going to do something and I have every right to do it. Okay? And I really am at the point where, and I told you guys, you've heard me, you've heard me, I said, sit back, you know, observe it. But right now, we have to make a, I have to make, I have to make a decision. Am I going to sit back and just observe it or at this point in time, when they are burning, burning Gaia, burning guys creations and not for good purposes at all god only knows what they're trying to do i could get into it but i don't want to and you know so it's like no we got to stop this so from the standpoint of manifesting by using thought and imagination we have really got to i've really got to think in terms of no stop it just stop it I don't have to get into the concept of how we're going to stop it, but just stop this evil. I'm over it. Gaia is over it. We've got to do it. And I think that's what, what, what is part and partial of Matthew's messaging, is that we are doing it faster than it's ever been done or anybody ever thought it could be. Think of it. It's in so my we life think, we think it's stopped. Years. Well, it, I don't doesn't, know. it doesn't have to be stopped. It's already stopped. In our reality, it's, a st- it's already stopped. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You know, and just put that energy out there without, you know, if there's consequences, and I've talked to my guides, I've talked to guy. it's like, it, it's, stop me if, I, if I'm overstepping. I, you know, I'm not, not against being stopped and said, no, turn around, you're doing the wrong thing. I'm, I'm not against that. But right now, I have to, in my mind, see this stopped at for whatever cost it is to me, you know, because I just feel that, you know, people have got to stand up. you got to take a position now. And if we do, and we push back, and we say, no, we're over this, we see where it's going, we don't have to go any further, you know, you're out of here. I think that that energy will even uh, accelerate the changes. And, um, you know, because I don't want to die before I know that this thing is fixed. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, I want to I know that it's fixed. And I don't want to live to be 130 years old. <laughs> oh, boy. I'll tell you, that's a, you know, I would if that, you know, 
things changed and you could just well, be what here. if you live to be 130 young yeah, there well, why, what, yeah why do you have to get older because they're saying uh Inelia is one of them who's saying is that it's not that people are living no longer that that's, that's a given but they are being rejuvenated as well so great uh, i don't want to live to be a 200 year old octogenarian you know and have to live in a wheelchair right but to live a, a life that you can enjoy with all with all your appendages working normally <laughs> yeah that'd be nice yeah I, I mean i'm not like dolly wanting to go someplace else i i, I think that everything that they said about you know this planet that you know, we might end up in. We can we can do it here, and Gaia deserves it. Gaia deserves to see the beauty of not just sections of herself, but of her whole beingness come into the to the immense beauty that you know in all the cosmos you don't see stuff like you see on Earth. That's well, just, then we have to get rid of the parasites, and how do you do that? Because normal human beings are not destructive. We don't want to actually destroy the planet. We're not making the corporations that are polluting the waterways, destroying the food tables, making the air unbreathable, or the water undrinkable. It's the corporations doing it. Now, the one way we can help achieve change is by boycotting their crap but people are lazy they don't want to look any further but but that's a we're doing by visualizing or by seeing only the reality where people are the lazy and ignorant we are guilty of perpetuating that why don't we do the opposite why don't we visualize uh, a reality where people are wake up, are, are are waking up to the facts and active to what they're seeing, and that way I am contributing to them being being in the, in the reality that we all want, because that's one we are so powerful in our in our manifestation things we don't realize that by continuously looking at negative things, this discouraging things. Oh, this is so. This is so bad. This is so negative. This will never change. Or people, we're we're, we're contributing to the reality because that's what we're feeding it. No, I don't. To the best of my ability, I'm very well, conscious of my footsteps and how I exist. And so, I, so. I think I'm setting a good example. Well, yes, except for the fact that you often bring up the negative things. But well, it's only as negative as you're seeing it doesn't mean it's wrong. No, no, I'm I'm talking about you you tend to bring up, you know, all all the bad things. And we bring up the bad things too. But when when, when you're doing it, it's like you're letting those bad things get under your skin to get you to to hurt you and when I do it hopefully I'm doing it because I'm seeing it but but I'm right. seeing it others not me in other words I, I try to maintain a distance between that because I know that if I get focused on all that garbagey stuff that what happens is that I'm just as Walt is saying I'm feeding that energy so I'm going to look at it 
you know, it's like a kid, two kids fighting. Does it matter which one of them started it? No, you wanted it. You want it stopped. So you don't get into the anger of it. My mother taught me this. She said, she said, I see a kid do something that he shouldn't do. And so I start to discipline him. And she said, before I know it, I'm angry at him. She said, because I'm bringing up negative things about anything. And it creates, he, she was the one that turned me on to the fact that she, she could feel the energy shifts and stuff. And so I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And I realized that people that, you know, we do a lot of talking about this, but we also laugh about it. I mean, we, we try to give, you know, things that you can do. We try to give hope. We try to tell you how important you people are, everybody. And so we don't really focus on the, the, the negative stuff except to see it as what the playing field is looking like. And I hope that we can maintain the understanding. Don't get sucked into that reality. Because those people that are sucked into that reality are the ones that get really, 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 really angry. And that's why I say, when I started to feel pissed off and angry, I stepped back and I said, now why is this? And it's not because of the fact that I'm in, you know, on this. I'm just over it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just over it. And so I'm thinking that maybe at this point in the game, we have to, you know, get a little bit tough and say, just like you would with a kid, you know, but my mother learned. She said, you just tell them, don't do that. She said, don't carry it beyond the statement of don't do that. Because they know, she told me, she said, they know they shouldn't be doing it. She said, but otherwise, if you get engaged in it, then you get angry. Mom was brilliant in many ways. And she really was, she, she learned a lot from her kids. Watching, 10 kids. I don't know how she did it. I don't know how any of these moms do it that have so many kids. But yeah, the kids fact, get better for it. In fact, it's, a, it's almost like a social programming. A lot of people don't, uh, they get angry or get confused when you don't react to something bad or negative. And they think it's natural that you should uh, take up arms or just explode with anger because of something bad or negative. How does that benefit anybody? You're just feeding that you're giving the cabal the energy they need to feed. They feed on your anger. They feed on your fear. They feed on your depression. So aren't you playing into onto their hands when you're uh, when you you're saying, well, you have to be angry at this because this is a, a big injustice. Yeah, who am I helping by getting explained to me again how my getting angry is is helping neutralize this injustice? This is I'm just playing into into their hands by getting angry. Well, I think the energy I think, they want. <laughs> yeah, I think they get that we the, the that when you're focused on the the what what is creating the anger. Okay, you, you focus it on the people, you focus it on the way they think, who they are, that sort of thing. No, I think, I think to be able to do it and be, be pure in the doing of stopping it is to say, I'm not against these people. I just want this to stop so that we can have the space and the time to become who we should come, become. And to just sit there and say, well, we'll watch this, this thing play out, I'm not comfortable with anymore. 
I'm going to say, just stop it. This, the game's over. Stop it. That's the right I'm not, attitude. Just, I'm, not, I'm not pissed at any particular person or any particular group. I am just over the drama. Stop the story. It's going to go on and on and on. I don't want to go 40 years. I don't want to go 40 months. Let's just stop it. Have these people, I mean, the universe could easily just shoot them with so much energy that they all wake up at once. Oh, my God. Well, what the hell is happening here? You know? I'm not going to I'm not going to put any limits on, you know, how fast it can be done. So Matthew, with all due respect, I'm going to want it faster. <laughs> and I'm going to do everything I can to make it faster. You know, Dolly wants out of here. I want her to see the end before she <laughs> she she I want to no. go home. I'm I not know. from here. I know. I came here to help. But I want to go home. <laughs> well then just see it over just see the game over Dolly let's, let's oh, stop I do raise, raise the flag let's call it <laughs> this is Independence Day we declare an end to the game we're out of here Appreciate all right, right. at last, last. <laughs> okay um, we're at the end of the show here you know I think it's Mona when Mona's on the show the show seems to go very fast <laughs> Oh, I hope you all have a good holiday or just a good Tuesday. You want to say good night there, Walter? Yes. Have an awakening fourth. Please have. Please do. Enjoy the fourth and have a very awakening fourth. Yeah, I, I got to jump in here for a minute because, you know, they've, they've canceled the, uh, the fireworks in Los Angeles. And the last time they did this was a COVID thing when they didn't want people, I don't know what, getting together or something. So they canceled the big one. Well, they had video of the city of Los Angeles with fireworks coming out from every nook and corner of it. You know, it was like the, the it's just frozen in my mind that that's the way it should be. You know, no organization, just get your get your fireworks and put them in the air. Just don't blow your eye out like a friend of mine did when we were kids. <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, celebrate, celebrate, celebrate for what they did then and use it as an example of what we got to do now. Okay, so, um, Mona, you want to say goodnight? Peace. Have a good one. Thank you for being here. Appreciate you, even if you don't appreciate maybe you feel a little better about the independence day dolly happy fourth of july everybody and i'm waving my flag <laughs> so you can't see it but i'm waving that flag and um don't forget love blankets especially on holidays people need love blankets because they feel lonely um and uh, I'll be talking to you whenever I talk to you next time. I love you all. There you go. And thank you all for being here. Tomorrow is Radio 5G Noontime EST. And uh, it's myself and Mark uh, Joseph on the second hour. And the first hour is very informative. It's, um, I think you'll have fun with it. It's, it's a good show. Uh, you know. And right after this is the Shanghai 
show schedule, but it's a special with Derek talking about the bees that I highly recommend. It's like the top of what he's done before. So thanks everybody for being here. Say what? Say what radio show? With no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong.